Hey guys, welcome back to the Bible Podcast with Hunter Davis. Today we'll be in Matthew chapter 16, beginning with the demand for a sign. Verse 1. The Pharisees and Sadducees came to Jesus and tested him by asking him to show them a sign from heaven. He replied, When evening comes, you say, it will be fair weather, for the sky is red, and in the morning, today, it will be stormy, for the sky is red and overcast. You know how to interpret the appearance of the sky, but you cannot interpret the signs of the times. A wicked and adulterous generation looks for a sign, but none will be given except the sign of Jonah. Jesus then left them and went away. So the Pharisees and Sadducees demanded a sign from Jesus that proved the divine origin of Jesus' exorcism. Their purpose was to test him and possibly diminish his influence with the people. In verse 4 he says, A wicked and adulterous generation looks for a sign, but none will be given it except the sign of Jonah. So just just as in the days of Jesus, so it is in this present day. Jesus had performed so many miracles, and yet they still do not believe. The only sign they will be given is the sign of Jonah. For just as Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days, so will the Son of Man be in the belly of the earth for three days. That was the sign then and now. Continuing in verse 5, the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. When they went across the lake, the disciples forgot to take bread. Be careful, Jesus said to them. Be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. They discussed this among themselves and said, Is it because we didn't bring any bread? Aware of their discussion, Jesus asked, You of little faith, why are you talking among yourselves about having no bread? Do you still not understand? Don't you remember the five loaves of five thousand? And how many basketfuls you gathered? Or the seven loaves of the four thousand? And how many basketfuls you gathered? How is it you don't understand that I was not talking to you about bread? But be on your guard against the yeast of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Then they understood that he was not telling them to guard against the yeast used in bread, but against the teaching of the Pharisees and Sadducees. See, yeast in the Bible represents sin. And these Pharisees and Sadducees were only teaching and preaching laws that were man-made. Laws that were harder, that made life harder for people. Um, And Jesus is saying, beware of what they're teaching you, for it's not what God is teaching. It's of their own law, and and man-made law, not God's teaching. Verse 13, Peter declares that Jesus is the Messiah. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say the Son of Man is? They replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked, who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Then he ordered his disciples not to tell anyone that he was the Messiah. So Jesus posed a question to the disciples. Who do you people say that I am? Who do people say the Son of Man is? In verse 13. The disciples responded with several opinions. 
Peter acts as a spokesman for the group, saying, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God, in verse 16. This is actually the first time in Matthew that anyone in Jesus' audience has acknowledged him as the Christ. And Jesus praised Simon for his confession of faith. He declared that, that his insight had not come from you know, human resources, but from God. He gave Simon a new name, Peter, which means rock. The rock on which the church is built is the faith shown by Peter making his confession. It's the faith that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of the living God. The recognition of Jesus' Messiahship marked an important step in the disciples' understanding of Jesus. However, he was not to be the kind of Messiah the Jews expected. Verse 21, Jesus predicts his death. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Never, Lord, he said. This shall never happen to you. Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward each person according to what they have done. Truly I tell you, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. So building on Peter's confession, Jesus began to teach his disciples what his messiahship actually involved. He would be a suffering messiah, not a military warrior or a political leader. The disciples would follow Jesus along the same path, many becoming martyrs for their faith. I encourage everyone to read Isaiah 53 and even Psalm 22. But Isaiah 53 is about the suffering servant. It clearly gives a depiction of the Messiah, what would happen to him, and the suffering that he would undergo. So following Christ is a life of self-denial. It means to give oneself wholly to Christ and to share in his rejection, shame, suffering, and death. As with Jesus, his followers' suffering will lead to glory. That was a very powerful chapter, guys. Um, you know, we learned that just as then people do now, they, they seek for a sign. If God is real, show me a sign. If Jesus is the Messiah, show me a sign. And just as it was then, so it is now. A wicked and adulterous generation looks for a sign, but none will be given it except the sign of Jonah. basically is saying that the sign will be that he died and rose from the dead three days later just as Jonah was swallowed by the fish for three days that's the sign then that's the sign now it hasn't changed we learn to, to be aware of the, the teaching and preaching of man made rules and laws that's religion Christianity is not about religion it's about relationship 
these Pharisees and Sadducees preached religion, doing works, following rules and laws, and that's how you become righteous. See, in Christianity, we are not saved by, we are not made righteous by our works, lest no man should boast. We are made righteous through faith in Christ. Are our works rewarded? Yes, they are. But that's not our salvation. Beware of the teaching and preaching of men, of men and their and their man-made laws. We should be getting our, our law and our word from the word of God only, not from man's mouth. We learn that the church is built off of the faith that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of the living God, and that the gates of Hades will not prevail against the church, that death will not hold the church. And we learn that following Christ is a life of self-denial, to give ourselves completely over to Christ and to share in His rejection, shame, and suffering, and even death just as Jesus suffering led to glory so will ours so guys and I leave you with three questions you can email me with the answers if you would like first question is the Jewish authorities demanded a sign from Jesus what might have been their proper approach to Jesus second question to follow Christ is a commitment to self-denial what does self-denial involve Number three, what was the disciples' understanding of Jesus' Messiahship at this point in Matthew's narrative? And if you guys would like to email me your answers, you can. My email is hunter4boxer at hotmail.com. That is hunter4boxer at hotmail.com. Well, guys, I enjoyed this one. Sorry for uh, missing yesterday. Had some stuff come up. But... Thank you for joining me tonight, guys, and I hope you all have a good one. Bye.